are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl Janon right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now. So... Everybody, what is happening? Um, Today marks our episode number 196. And you know what that means? That means in about four weeks, we are going to be celebrating our episode number 200. So please open up your agendas, open up your calendars, y'all. If it's on your phone, on your computer, or if it's like a paper version, open it up and uh, just uh, flip the pages to the month of December. And what you're going to be doing next is that for Thursday, December 3rd, Mark that down as episode number 200 for TKO. And you already know that it's going to be a fantastic episode. It is going to be very, very fun. I have a big surprise for y'all. And um, also, I just feel like because I'm just trying to think about what we did previously for, for example, our episode number 100 and episode 150. As far as I can remember, we just... Uh, we actually did dedicate a short segment of the show to kind of like reminiscing a little bit about how far we had come with the show and uh, essentially just kind of uh, strolled down memory lane for a bit. And that was, I guess that was kind of like bittersweet because, you know, it kind of uh, revives all those uh, old memories and, um, you know, it just shows us how far we've truly come with the show um ever since october of 2016 and that actually reminds me i just want to give a big big shout out to our family here at cfru because if it weren't because of you guys we would not be uh provided with this awesome platform and we would not actually have a voice and so as always we're just so so grateful to our family here at cfru and um Although we, we we haven't really like officially reached episode number 200, but, um, you know, I just see it uh, as a very, very important thing to, you know, at least just show our gratitude to all the people who have supported us thus far. And specifically you guys out there, TKO Nation, of course, of course, you're uh, the biggest uh, force behind the show and why we keep delivering new content to you every week and so thank you so much for your love and support and uh yeah like i said make sure that you tune in to episode number 200 on december 3rd you will not be disappointed and so yes thank you to everybody and now let's get started with episode number 196 okay so uh okay a lot has been happening like always in the the world of combat sports so this past weekend, uh, we potentially saw one of the legends in the world of mixed martial arts, Anderson Silva, potentially saying his farewell to the game because as he lost his fight on Saturday night at UFC Fight Night in Las Vegas, he the way he was acting, uh, it just looked like he just didn't want to fight anymore and that that was indeed his last fight in the octagon, which if it is the case, we're 
we're obviously um, just overcome with so much emotion because if you are a true MMA fan, if you're a hardcore MMA fan, you know, man, you just know how good Anderson Silva has been always and how much entertainment he's brought to like every single event that he has fought in and uh, he never really disappoints. And not only does he have that um, showman uh, personality and he does that, he has that X factor to him um, as an entertaining fighter, but he also, of course, like he wouldn't be able to showcase that if it weren't because of his um, uh, just really, really uh, high fighting IQ and the fact that, he puts in work, man, in, in training camp. And um, just as a fun fact, previously, in previous years, he actually used to train with uh, martial arts movie star Steven Seagal. So um, he actually did train with him and he learned a lot of, should I say, creative and unorthodox moves um, and styles from him, which was awesome. But in addition to that, Anderson Silva... For years and years, he's been he's been known for um, just being so fluid inside the octagon. And um, it, for the longest time, it was only him who um, exhibited such style inside the octagon. And until actually recent years, when Israel Adesanya, who I'll be actually talking about more today, um, when Israel Adesanya came about, everybody everybody just said. Wow, Israel Adesanya is a younger version of Anderson Silva, but you know, people still refer to Anderson Silva as the OG creative slash unorthodox um, slash fantastic mixed martial artist that introduced that type of style um, in, in mixed martial arts, and everybody is going to be remembering him for as long as mixed martial arts actually exists. So because of all those things and because of all the awesome performances that he's had in the past, there's no fan out there who doesn't love Anderson Silva. If not, um, you you will yeah. We, we need to have a talk like in the parking lot. But um, Anderson, excuse me, Anderson Silva is just one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. And so uh, yeah, like I said, this past weekend he had an event. He lost it unfortunately. But listen, he is 44 years old, and to be that old and to be fighting inside the octagon, to be fighting a legitimate mixed martial arts fight inside uh, one of the biggest um, MMA organizations in the world, that's just unprecedented. And uh, people just tend to retire before they even reach the age of 40. But Anderson Silva has been uh, just consistently training hard, and uh, he's been fighting... Uh, at least once per year as of the uh, past years, the most recent years. But um, I think that was the last time that we actually saw Anderson Silva inside the octagon. But uh, I, I do want to use this opportunity to say that we as MMA fans have always loved Anderson Silva. And now that um, people are actually saying that that was indeed his last fight. I just want to say that we wish him all the best with everything that he has ahead in life. 
and hopefully actually continues this path through um, coaching other uh, fighters and young individuals because I'm sure he's full of martial arts wisdom and uh, he can definitely um, just uh, kind of lend over that type of knowledge to future generations. And I think that is something that that is very, very valuable and something that cannot go to waste. So I, me, myself, and on, on behalf of everybody else, essentially, I just want to wish Anderson Silva all the best with his future and everything that he has ahead and his martial arts career. So there you have that. That's pretty much what... Oh, okay. Since we're talking about this past weekend, uh, so that was the biggest thing that happened in the world of mixed martial arts. Another big thing that actually happened in the world of, um, I guess, combat sports was another bout that I'm not sure if you guys actually were able to catch up with because I completely forgot, unfortunately, to break it down last week on our show. But um, uh, Gervonta Davis, who we've talked about on the show before, who is actually Floyd Mayweather's protege, uh, who is actually, well, should I say, okay, he used to be uh, a boxing champion in the lightweight division. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of hiccups here and there. But uh, this past weekend, he actually had a fight against uh, Leo Santa Cruz, who is another top contender in that lightweight division in boxing. And so, um, you know, I kind of had mixed feelings about that fight because I already knew how talented uh, Santa Cruz was. And the fact that Gervonta Davis, if you do go back and watch some of his highlights, he too is no one to ever under underestimate, excuse me, because you know, you have to have that, again, X factor for someone like Floyd Money Mayweather to be investing uh, promotion efforts and just money, straight up money into you to promote you like that. So you definitely need to have something special about you for someone like Floyd Money Mayweather to be supporting you like that. Just 100 percent. So the two fought and um, I'm sure you well, actually, you might have seen the knockout footage from that fight with Gervonta Davis throwing a nasty uppercut, a very clean and nasty uppercut, I should say. I know that was <laughs> like clean and nasty. They're kind of like the opposite of each other. But, you know, when you when you use both of them in one sentence describing a boxing shot, you already know how good <laughs> the shot has been. Because when he threw, when Gervonta Davis threw that uppercut punch to um, uh, Santa Cruz's jaw, he just went down cold like somebody just pushed a button on him and uh, as if he were a robot and he just completely shut down. You know, he, he he didn't like wobble around or anything. He just fell down cold to the canvas, no movement at all. Well, at least for the next few seconds. Um, thankfully, he recovered. But I'm just telling you how how clean and how accurate that shot was by Gervonta Davis. And that was uh, that w- that's definitely something that is going to be uh, showed up that that's going to show up on his uh, fight records or rather the highlights that they tend to show before he's supposed to be fighting someone new on fight night. That's definitely something that they're going to be showing uh, on the on the network that he usually fights on. So listen, that was that was awesome. I just wanted to kind of. Uh, do like a little reminiscing um, piece on that as well because when I watched that fight because like I said I totally forgot about it 
un- until I actually saw that knockout footage by Javante Davis, and uh, I I just immediately I had I mean you know that I had to share it on TKO's social media page because I just wanted to share this great moment with everybody and to show that you know we still have a lot of interesting fighters in the game specifically in the lighter weight divisions in boxing and that they're no one to ever be underestimated so Javante Davis he definitely uh, put his put himself out there once again he's always been on everybody's um, uh, his name has always been on everybody's lips as long as you do talk about some of those lighter weight divisions in boxing but right now, he essentially kind of solidified his position in, in that um, realm of boxing, like the lighter weight divisions of boxing, and how dominant he is in that area. So good for him. And uh, I'm actually personally really excited to see what's going to be next for him. Um, specifically, like I said, uh, because he has the support of uh, Mayweather Promotions behind him. And uh, the future is looking great for him. So we'll see how things go for Gervonta Davis. All right. So that's that. And okay, this weekend we do have a fight happening for UFC. We're going to be having another UFC fight night, everybody. Uh, This time the headliner bout is going to be between Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira, who are the top two contenders in the light heavyweight division right now and so you know if you're like me and i feel like the thing is sometimes we're just bombarded with so many different fights that we sometimes actually forget who the champion is at a certain weight division and who the top contenders are and what the recent history like the fighting recent fighting history of a certain weight division actually is so if you're like me like that then uh you probably need someone to kind of like remind you of what has actually been going down in in that certain weight division so that's exactly what i'm going to be doing right now for the light heavyweight division and ufc so we all know that John Jones, he uh, relinquished the title, the light heavyweight title, and he moved on to heavyweight. And what happened after was that Jan Blakovich and Dominic Reyes, the top two contenders in the lightweight division, light heavyweight division, they fought for the title. And Jan Blakovich, he showed show, he showed so much dominance, uh, and as a result, he became the new champion at light heavyweight. So now we're having this awesome bout between Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira, which I think is going to be a very exciting fight because uh, Tiago Santos is actually ranked number one right now uh, and Glover Teixeira is number three. And we've actually had both of them fight very, uh, like fights with very high implications in the past. For example, Tiago Santos actually did get a title shot against the former champion, John Jones. And Glover Teixeira, although he hasn't been directly uh, put up for a title shot, but he has fought for that um, like title, uh, title challenger position, I should say many times in the past although he hasn't always been successful at that but regardless that doesn't mean that we should just disregard Glover Teixeira as a fighter because hey listen he's gonna be fighting Tiago Santos who is a beast in this division and Glover Teixeira as well 
Um, uh, he has a very, very top-notch uh, boxing skills in the division, which I think could potentially give Tiago Santos a lot of trouble in this case. Although Tiago Santos, generally speaking, he is a very well-rounded mixed martial artist. Although he's not the type to stick to just one style of fighting, which on the other hand, I do think that Glover Teixeira, he is, uh, he could be the type of guy who just wants to stick to something that he prefers at that moment and not really try to mix things up, you know, in his style uh, throughout the fight. But I feel like in this day and age, that's something that most fighters have to do in order to be successful in the fight, specifically because... You don't know how um, how much harder, I guess, your opponent has uh, worked at improving their various aspects of mixed martial arts. That includes boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, all that stuff. You need to have all of those things in one package to be a very successful mixed martial artist. However... Does that mean that if you're really, really good in one aspect of mixed martial arts and just pretty much like mediocre or, you know, you're so good in all those other aspects of MMA, but you don't always tend to utilize them in a fight? Does it mean if you if you're really good in one aspect and not so much in others that you're always going to be losing fights? Well, no, because Glover Teixeira, through his uh, favorment, should I say, if that is a word, through his preference for his striking and his boxing, he's been mostly successful in fights because he puts most of his focus on it. And as a result, he uh, just completely outboxes his opponents, if not throwing a very clean and accurate shot and completely knocking them out. So that is something very, very dangerous about Glover Teixeira. And, you know, I said all those things about Glover Teixeira. What about Tiago Santos? What can he do to potentially win this fight against Glover Teixeira? Well, uh, I think something that he needs to watch out for is that um, he needs to actually watch out for his energy expenditure. Because like I said uh, just a few moments ago, I do believe that Tiago Santos is a good, uh, like a well-rounded and good mixed martial artist. But if you uh, expend all of your energy in the first few rounds, if you do everything um, taken from boxing, kickboxing, taekwondo, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, all those things all at once without really caring for how much energy you're spending in a fight, and specifically because this is, like I said, this is going to be the headliner fight and it is going to go on uh, for a full 25-minute fight, for the full five round fight or yeah I don't know my brain is so fried right now but the 25 minutes that's a lot and considering that you could potentially do a whole bunch of stuff in, in that 25 minutes that's gonna get you exhausted and that's something that Tiago Santos needs to seriously watch out for I'm not saying that he needs to be super uber cautious at all times no that is not the way to go but he needs to balance things out. He needs to throw effective shots. Be, be cautious, though, of how much effort he's putting into those shots. And he needs to kind of like do like a good um, eye-hand coordination or eye-kick, I guess, coordination. And to see, okay, if I throw this shot... Is it going to be actually um, absorbed by Glover Teixeira or is it going to be uh, just left midair? You know, we definitely don't want that to happen. So it would be best for him to... 
be very smart about what he's doing in this fight overall and what sort of shots he's throwing, how much energy he's putting into every move, essentially, that he's putting out there in this fight. And this is important, again, because from my personal recollection, when he did fight the former champion, John Jones, that was the, his biggest weakness because in the first few rounds, he was doing great but the thing was that John Jones, he kept chopping down Tiago Santos's um, calf and was throwing a lot of leg kicks to him. And uh, what happened was that not only was he starting to get injured from the leg down, but also all those injuries and him uh, actually ex having expended so much energy early on in the fight, all of those things kind of accumulated and uh, that led to his overall exhaustion in the fight and like essentially disabling him from proceeding further and being more dominant in that fight. So by all costs, I feel like Tiago Santos needs to do everything for that to not happen, if that makes sense. So this fight overall, though, it is going to be very, very interesting. Um, it's been a long time since we've had, actually, well, I guess, except for that Dominic Reyes and Jan Blokovic fight, it, it has been a long time since we have had a light heavyweight bout. But this one, I'm super excited for. Now, since we're already talking about the light heavyweight division, that actually kind of reminds me of this other thing that was announced over this past week. So we all know Jan Blokovic, the current champion at light heavyweight, while he is supposedly going to be fighting off against Israel Adesanya next, who is, you all know, he, he's currently the middleweight champion at uh, 185 pounds, but Jan Blokovic is the light heavyweight champion at the 205 pound uh, weight division. So Israel Adesanya is supposedly moving up a weight division gaining all that weight to actually become 205 pounds. And he is supposedly going to be fighting off against the champion, Jan Blagovic, in the near future, in the year of 2021. That's uh, what he has said, what Israel Adesanya has said on his social media. And, oh man, I... <laughs> When I read that headline uh, on my social media page, I was caught by a huge surprise. I was not expecting that. We all know that um, Israel Adesanya wants to show that he's truly the best fighter in the UFC right now. And ever since uh, his, his most recent fight that he had... Uh, against Paulo Costa in the middleweight division and the fact that he has essentially beat every everybody down and has um, just completely dominated over all of his previous opponents, a lot of them being big-name opponents. Ever since all that stuff has gone down, he has consistently said that there's nobody else out there who could actually beat me and that I am indeed uh, the best fighter that there is out there. And so he is on his road to, to prove to everybody that he is indeed the best fighter out there. And he thinks that if he does move up weight divisions to conquer over uh, guys who, who, who have been reigning over their weight division for a longer time, if he is able to beat those fighters, then he could kind of like solidify his position as the quote-unquote greatest fighter in the UFC even more. 
But to be honest with you guys, I don't think it's a good idea because, listen, Israel Adesanya has been fighting at 185 pounds his whole life. And I know, I know a lot of you out there are saying, well, Janan, like, no fighter actually walks around uh, normally with their fighting weight. Meaning that for their actual fight, they, they have to lose so much weight for them to, for example, cut down to 185 pounds. And for someone to cut down all the way to 185 pounds, they would normally walk around at at least 195 pounds, if not like 200 pounds or more. So I know a lot of you guys are going to be having that, um, that argument, I guess, but... Um, I, I still don't buy it because when you do cut down to your weight, your body, your your normal fighting weight, I guess, well, your body's just so used to it because you've been doing it for so many times. However, this is going to be the first time that Israel Adesanya is going to be moving up in weight division and not cutting any weight potentially. And that's going to be feeling different on his body and I feel like his body isn't going to be having that same level of uh, just uh, arousal and uh, him, you know, just uh, being so ready for that fight, like his body physiologically being ready for a fight at that higher weight division. And we've act- this is not the first time um, that this could potentially happen because I can tell you from many um, instances from the past for fighters who have moved up a weight division, their first fight, it hasn't always been super smooth. And they've had difficulty with their cardio and difficulty just um, just being uh, normal, just feeling normal, essentially, in the octagon. So it is going to be, it is essentially going to be a little bit different and it's not going to be the same. So I I just think it's going to be a little bit tough for Israel Adesanya specifically because he is going to be fighting the reigning champion at that higher weight division at light heavyweight. And Jan Blakovich has been in that weight division for so long. And well, he's not doing anything different, but uh, the, the pressure is essentially just on Israel Adesanya for him to prove to everybody, hey, even at this higher weight division, uh, I'm still able to beat someone like Jan Blokovich. So I, I just don't think that is the best idea right now. Maybe if the maybe if the two actually decided to meet at a catch weight at around like, I don't know, maybe like 195 pounds, that would be more fair because at least in this case, Jan Blokovich would also have to do something to get down to that weight division and Israel Adesanya wouldn't have to gain as much weight. So I think that's another plausible option. But for Israel Adesanya to be the only person who's going to be making um, changes in his style, I guess, just like camp and like the way that he usually prepares for fights, for him to be the only person to do this in this case, I just don't think it's fair to him, actually. And I just don't think that it makes sense. That does not make sense to me. Listen, Israel, I know you want to prove to everybody that you're the best. But I just don't think that this is the way to do it. And you guys, please feel free to let me know what you think about this uh, on our social media page, uh, specifically on Instagram at TKO underscore podcast. So just let us know what you think. And if you agree or disagree with everything that I just said about Ezra Adesanya potentially fighting off against the light heavyweight champion, 
Jan Blakovich. All right. So, ooh, I actually had something else to talk about for today. But uh, I guess I'll talk about it next week. It was um, about Michael Chandler, the former lightweight champion at Bellator, who's recently made his move to the UFC and him calling out certain people in the lightweight division. So I'll just talk about that next time. But uh, yeah, you guys make sure that you catch up with the Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira fight this upcoming Saturday. Let me know what you think. And I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to be having for this week. You guys make sure that you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And you can also go to Spotify and iTunes to catch up with previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl, Jonah, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.